that song is Abigail Miller's Family. It's on the the soundtrack Soldier On, and you can purchase that from her website, and you should. You should buy these songs and support these people that are making godly music out there and making it available for all of us. There waits for me a glad tomorrow Where gates of pearl swing open wide And when I pass this veil of sorrow I'll dwell upon the other side Some day beyond the reach of mortal kin Some day God only knows just where and when The wheels of mortal life shall all stand still And I shall go to dwell on Zion's hill Someday I'll hear the angels singing Beyond the shadows of the tomb And all the bells of heaven ringing While saints are singing home, sweet home Someday beyond the reach of mortal kin Someday God only knows just where and when The wheels of mortal life shall all stand still. And I shall go to dwell on Zion's hill. Someday my labors will be ended. And all my wanderings will be o'er. And all earth's broken ties be mended. And I shall sigh and weep no more. Someday beyond the reach of mortal kin, someday God only knows just where and when the wheels of mortal life shall all stand still. And I shall go to dwell on Zion's hill. Someday the dark clouds will be rifted and all the night of gloom be past. And all life's burdens will be lifted. The day of rest shall come at last. Someday beyond the reach of mortal kin. Someday God only knows just where and when. The wheels of mortal life shall all stand still. And I shall go to dwell on Zion's hill. Beyond the sunset, O blissful morning, when with our Savior heaven is begun, earth's toiling ended, O glorious dawning beyond. 
the sunset when day is the sunset a hand will guide me to God the Father whom I adore his glorious presence his words of welcome will be my portion on that Fair Beyond the sunset, no clouds will gather, no storm will threaten, no fears and awe. Day of gladness, okay on ending beyond the sunset. Sings my soul, my Savior God. 
we're on the battlefield for Jesus. Come and join us in the fight. We're marching against Satan, and we're standing for what's right. We won't desert nor surrender. We are soldiers till we die. We're on the battlefield for Jesus. Victory is our battle cry. We're on the battlefield for Jesus. Come and join our happy throng. We're blood-washed, born-again believers, and we sing a joyful song. King Jesus is our mighty captain, and it's Him we shall obey. We're on the battlefield for Jesus, winning souls for Christ today. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with His redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew Him, and all my love is due Him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. We're on the battlefield for Jesus. Come and join us in the fight. Though the enemy be all around us, we shall not be put to flight. By faith we know we have the victory, and no matter what the cost, we will fight to rescue hopeless sinners. Not a soul must ever be lost. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with His redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew Him, and all my love is due Him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. Amen. On the battlefield. On the battlefield. I hope you are. Like I talked about the other day and continue to talk about uh, lots of lots of battles uh, in your own life, in your own personal life, lots of battles in preaching the gospel, lots of battles everywhere. Here's a battle right here that was going on with a city worker that was a big lesbo that was very mad at me. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid came over here, and she thought she was that that she was going to shut down the preaching, and she found out real quick that that I, I just I don't do very well with women telling me what to do. I, I I just I don't I don't like it very much, and she came over here to share the fact uh, she she does look like now I understand that she does look like the Russian from Rocky, but she's not. That's actually a woman. That's not Drago or whatever his name is. That's that's. That's really a woman. 
And yes, I really said that. And yes, I'm not going to apologize for it. And yes, I'm not Max Lucado. I'm not going to apologize for preaching hard sermons against homosexuality, transgenders, LGBTQ, or any other of the alphabet that is perverted and perverse according to the Word of God. I, I'm not interested in, 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 in compromising with it. I'm not interested in, in, in building a bridge to it. I'm not interested in any of those things. What I'm interested in is preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, calling men to repentance and warning them to flee from the wrath to come. Warning them that God is angry with the wicked every day. That God doesn't like that perverseness. God doesn't like that perversion. God hates it. God made Sodom fry for that, among other things. But you know what? That was the main thing. Now, the Bible dis- discusses the fact that it was pride, foolishness, and, uh, and, and, uh, of, and uh, fullness of bread and those other things. But I'm going to tell you what. Plain and simple, Sodom fried for their sexual perversion. When God killed Sodom that day, when God, God rained fire down on Sodom, he didn't say, well, you had one too many Twinkies. So I'm going to kill you all for it. Those were symptoms of the other of the other issues. Pride is always the sin. All sin is produced from a proud spirit. But anyway, that's that's the clear message there. And we're going to get into some of these things today as we talk about it. Um we're going to start first with good old Max here. Now, Max is a heretic anyway. I want you to understand that. You got to understand that Max Licato is a heretic anyway. His doctrine of salvation, and I think he's a, a water dog. Okay. So he gets on here and he says, by the way, some of you don't know who this is, which kind of surprises me a little bit, but I guess that's a good thing you don't know. But uh, these are his books that that he sells tons of books. I mean, there's there's a ton of them. A lot of books he's written. So he's written quite a few. Anyway, um, he is a heretic anyway, but but, um, he wrote a lot of books. Maybe he's popular over here in the States more than he is there. But he's popular here. And has been for years. In fact, I've seen his books for years. But he's a heretic anyway. Now, he gets he gets on there and he and he apologizes. 
Max Lucado recently apologized for a 2004 sermon where he spoke with regards to same-sex marriage. He added that LGBTQ individuals are God's children because like males and females, they are made the image of God. Liar! He is a bold-faced, false prophet, lying serpent. He truly is what the Indians would call white man who speaks with forked tongue. Let's see here. Look at this. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. You see that? You're all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. That's how we're all the children of God. Very dangerous teaching right here. Very dangerous. In a letter in a letter to Washington National Cathedral dated February 11th, Reverend Max Lucado apologized for his sermon on same-sex marriage. I now see that in that sermon I was disrespectful, I was hurtful. I wounded people in ways that were devastating. It grieves me that my words have been hurt, would have hurt or been used to hurt the LGBT community. I apologize to you and ask forgiveness of Christ. Lucado apologized after criticisms flooded the Washington National Cathedral for inviting him to preach at the Cathedral Worship Center. You know what? Don't invite me. I don't want to go anyway. The building would probably fall down around me. It's such garbage and nonsense. See, Max Licato, he believes in evolution. That the Bible's evolved, doesn't he? He doesn't believe that it's forever settled in heaven. That God still hates sin. You know, I'm preaching on this this weekend. I'm preaching on sanctification this weekend. Out of Joshua, that God's people ought to be sanctified and live a sanctified and holy life. See, this is this is one of many false prophets that are that are rising, that are coming, and they're doing the, what's called the great swerve. I'm also not going to teach. I don't. I don't believe I'm going to teach on the Donatists this week. I think I'm going to take a break from that for a week, and I think this this Sunday afternoon I'm going to teach our children. 
why God hates drinking booze and why I preach against drinking liquor. You better believe it. I'm going to warn them. I'm going to have it I'm going to have it laid out and I'm going to warn them. We got 40 some kids in this church. They need they need warning. They need understanding. They need to understand. Let me tell you something. Many people have been seduced by this guy. Many people. I know because I have a library of, of thousands of books and I've been buying books for years. The Episcopal Church is Cathedral Church of St. Peter and Paul in the city and the Diocese of Washington, also known as Washington National Cathedral, invited Lucado on February 7th. The evangelist message on the cathedral's live stream service focused on having the Holy Spirit to ease life's anxieties. However, critics are looking at the harm caused by a statement he released back in 2004. In his message, Lucado compared same-sex marriage to legalized polygamy, bestiality, incest. Amen! Good for you! So does God! So does God! God likens it to the same place, to the same sins. God hasn't changed. The morality of God's law has not changed. God is still the same God as he was then. And he goes on to say, faithful people may disagree about what the Bible says about homosexuality, but we agree that God's word was never must never be used as a weapon to wound others. Are you kidding me? Really? Oh, well, let me show you. I think you're I, I think you better go back to school there, Reverend. Cause look what the Bible says. For the word of God is quick. That means it's alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Bible does wound, and it is supposed to be taken to wound. Look at this. Acts chapter 5 verse number 33. When they heard that they were when they heard that they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. They wanted to kill them. Why? Cuz they were cut to the heart. They weren't going to get saved. Those people 
Those people are going to hell. Those people are in hell right now. Why? They were cut. They were cut to the heart. They were cut. If you are cut to the heart, you are cut off, buddy. Look at Paul, though. In the Old Testament, we have two references of being pricked. Thus my heart was grieved and I was pricked in my reins. See, God, it may feel like a cut sometimes when God jabs you. When the Bible jabs you, it may feel like a cut like that. Wow, those guys are loud out there. Sorry, can't do anything about it. They're drilling into the building. Anyway, the Bible says that God pricks. Listen to that, man. That's horrible. Wow. How long that's going to last. Can you guys still hear me or what? I hope so. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? No, they're grinding on stuff out here. But look what it says here. It says that they were pricked in their heart. Why? Because God, the Holy Ghost was pricking them. Look what he said to him. I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Right? So it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. The pricks of the word of God pricking the soul. Amen. You know it. You know what conviction is when you're pricked. But these people are cut to the heart. You say the Bible's not meant to wound. Yes, it is. You better believe it's meant to wound. To wound their pride and to wound our pride. These people that think the Bible is some sweet little nothings whispered in their ears. Russell Harmon says it shouldn't come from a hateful place. Is this hateful, Russell? Is preaching the word of God and warning sinners to flee from the wrath to come? Is that hateful? Or was it hateful when those angels were in Sodom? This is what, and listen, I'm not accusing you, Russell, but this is what gets me fired up, man. This is what really gets me torqued, is that when you're trying to preach boldly about something against some sin, you know what people want you to do? 
Rock-a-bye, sweetie pie, goo-goo-ga-ga-goo-goo-goo. Just go ahead and lullaby him into hell, will you, preacher? Just back off. Take some downers, quiet down, relax, don't get excited about anything. Let them all go to hell, preacher! Let them all go to hell! I'm so tired of it. I'm so tired of people doing that. It's like nobody's standing on the edge of hell and looking and seeing, if you don't stop, you're going to hell. Nobody wants to do that anymore. No, let's be Max Lucado. Let's apologize for the word of God. Let's just apologize for God's holy word. Let's apologize for preaching and, and not apologizing. Let's just, let's just do that, right? Shall we do that? I'm so sick and tired of it, man. It's just, there's such an effeminate spirit out there today. Well, whisper sweet lullabies to them and tell them how much God loves them. Yeah. You know, because I seem to remember when the two angels were in Sodom. And by the way, I understand this is why people don't like me out there and they say, oh, you're too hard and you're this and you're that. Well, you just go ahead and do what God wants you to do on your platform and stay out of my business. You let God deal with me. God's my judge. It's a little matter if I'm judged of you. I'm going to keep preaching it hard and preaching it straight and trying to see God use it to wake some people up out there that need some holy zeal in their life and some fire and some separation and some desire to do right. It has not, Russell, it has very little to do with a single comment. It, it, it's not an attack on you. It's an attack on a spirit that comes up every single time a Christian man gets bold. Somebody comes in and wants to be the poop in the punch bowl and say, now calm down. Now don't get so excited. Whisper it. Don't say it loud. Whisper it very softly. Don't say it loud. Meanwhile, they can be loud with their sin. They can be loud with their wickedness. They can stink and walk around naked in front of your children. They can make propaganda to seduce your children. They can, they can try to sway them. They teach them out of the faith. They try to indoctrinate them. But you be quiet. And you use a sweet little voice, and you don't act like there's at all any determination in it. I, I, I'm, I'm tired of it. I, I, I won't bend in. I won't give in to it. I won't bend into it by God's grace. I will not give over to that wicked Jezebel effeminate spirit. And you can get as mad as you want. You can say, oh, you're blowing up on the guy. No, it's not that guy. That's what I'm telling you. It isn't him. It's every time. And you could say, preacher, why do you got to get excited about it? Because somebody's got to. Somebody's got to. I mean, somebody's got to get excited about it. Max Licato's in front of millions of people, and he's apologizing for it. He's just going to apologize for it. And by the way, I fully know there's a lot calmer, sweeter, puppy dog type guys out there that don't give it to you that way. God bless them. That's what God called them to do. Go ahead and do it. But if you're looking for that here, you turn to the wrong channel, buddy. You better click it over three notches to somebody else because I'm not about to do it. Because, see, I see it as, a, as an issue of desperation. I see all of this woke movement and all of these people completely apologize. Like, like I'm supposed to walk around and apologize for following God. 
Like, I'm supposed to apologize for being a pastor, for preaching the Word of God, for telling it like it is, and everything else. I'm supposed to apologize for it. I'm not supposed to stand up for it. I'm not supposed to stand up to it. I'm not supposed to warn anybody about it, but I just need to get hip. I just need to be cool. I just need to be like all the cool kids that are doing all that, and that's what I need to do. Well, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And I'm not going to stand here and apologize for God's word. I'm not going to apologize for for preaching it straight. I'm not going to apologize for getting on this total, absolute, Max Licato, this total, absolute shill of the devil. I'm not going to. By God's grace, I'm just not going to. Somebody needs to stand up and be like, you know what? No, I'm not going to apologize. God hates it. God hates sin. I mean, for goodness sakes, these people are, let, are are allowed in your daughter's bathroom now. No, <clears throat> no, preacher, you just calm down. I don't know what your problem is. What are you getting so excited for? I mean, what's the big deal? All he did was apologize to homosexuals. All he did was preach to them false doctrine. All he did was preach a damnable heresy to them. That God's okay with your sin. That God doesn't matter. That's all he did. And I'm seeing it all over the place. Oh, we're just going to apologize for it. So, I mean... Pretty much, there ain't no reason to even preach anymore if you're not going to preach against sin. If you're going to lift up the Lord Jesus Christ and the holiness and the righteousness of God, that God hates sin, what are you preaching for? What are you even holding that book for? What are you even going to that place for? Why why go to it? Why, because somebody gave you an invite and you're going to apologize for it? Well, keep your stupid invite, because you know what I would do with your stupid invite? I'd come all right. I'd stand on the outside of your building that I was invited to that day and I'd hold up big banners and I'd preach out there that God hates your wicked sin. That's what I would do. That's that's what I would do. I I'd go out there and preach. Right in front of the building they invited me to. And I'd invite everybody that stood for the faith, once delivered unto the saints, and I'd gather them all up around there, and I'd have thousands of people outside of there to be like, we're preaching the truth today. We can't preach it in there, but I'll preach it right here. That's what I would do. But what did he do? I'm sorry. I'm so sorry I made you feel bad. You want a thucker? Can I get you a baba and a blankie? I know. Some of you really hate my sarcasm. I, I get it. It hasn't changed anything for me. I still do it. But I know some of you really hate it bad. But see, here's the point. This guy folded under pressure. Like an accordion.
We appreciate. This is so stupid. Faithful people may disagree about what the Bible says about homosexuality, but we agree that God's holy word must never be used as a weapon to wound others. I don't agree with that. Like, we we must be the turd you have in your pocket because we don't believe that. We Bible believers don't believe that. You and your turd in your pocket, you believe that. And the devils that are with you. But we don't agree with that. Meanwhile, the cathedral management acknowledges the critics' concern. In an email, they see it's like it's like it's like like, like why would I care? Like if I had somebody coming to you know your church is bad when a guy that's preaching Orthodox Christianity can't come because people are upset about it. I think you I don't think you need that speaker to come. I think you need to preach the word of God and repent. I wouldn't call that a real church anyway, to be honest with you. Deep pain. Listen to this. Meanwhile, the cathedral's management acknowledges the critics' concern. In an email, they let the people know that they are willing to listen to the community in order to improve. Really? Because I'm not. I'm not willing to listen to the community to tell me to stop preaching the Bible. Oh, well, you, you should listen to the community. You should, you should really listen to the community about... I thought we were supposed to listen to the Holy Ghost of what to preach. I thought it was God's Spirit that we're to listen to, God's Holy Word, that we're to follow God's Word. I thought that's what we were supposed to listen to. Oh, no. We're to listen to the community. You should listen to the community. No. Let me tell you something. Look at this. Let me look. Let me. Look at my beady eyes here. The community should listen to Christ. That's what the community should do. It used to be that preachers stood up and preached the devil out of those communities. But now it's the community that preaches to the church. You should listen to the community. I don't want to listen to the community. That's like listening to hell. If you're if if the community improves your preaching by listening to them, your preaching's not biblical. It's like it's like even at Old Pass Baptist Church, like I don't take a poll about what somebody likes or dislikes about my sermons. Yeah, that's not going to happen. It's just like this broadcast here. This broadcast is not a poll to see to to see who likes something better or if I can say something in a better way to make you like it better.
deep pain was caused to the LGBT community by our invitation to Max Licato to preach at the cathedral last Sunday. Said Kevin Ekstrom, the cathedral's chief communications officer, we appreciate him acknowledging the pain of his past remarks have caused, and we hope that he will find a way to truly listen to those who've been hurt by his words. For us here at the cathedral, we are now in the mode of listening to our community so we can do better moving fo- going forward. Oh, wow. See, that right there makes me want to vomit. Or like Ted Alexander, you say, gag a, gag a maggot off a chuck wagon or something like that. That, that makes me want to get sick. It, it really does make me want to get sick. The Episcopal Church is a denomination known to hold liberal views. Boy, that's for sure. Among critics are members of the church who filed a petition to Randy Hollerith, the cathedral's dean, to rescind the reverend's invitation to preach. They also acknowledge a listening session to give an ear to the LGBT community to see what they have to say. No, seriously. So you brought about God-hating perverts into your church to listen to them complain about you having a guy that said he believed in traditional marriage. Really? Oh, okay. Really? Do you see where we're headed, folks? Do you, you see where we're headed? That This is the direction of the nation. This is the apostasy that is there. So that church would rather hear from a gang of sodomites that that are in the spirit of those who raped angels in Sodom. Right? Who would rather those that raped angels, in the spirit of those that raped angels in Sodom, would rather hear from those people. Then hear from Max Licato, who pretends to be a Christian, who's not holding Christian values now. Wow. I guess we're not in trouble at all, are we? As a nation, that is. He's apologizing to sodomites. Well, Carl, I don't know if they're Masons, but I know that they're of their father, the devil, and the lust of their father they will do. So I don't care what group they fall under. It doesn't matter to me, really, in the end. Because the conspiracy is that they have the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. That's the real conspiracy. Whatever badge they wear, 
really doesn't matter in the long run. What matters is all those badges fly under the banner of Antichrist. That's their banners. That's their that's their banner. That's the direction they have. That's who they work for. Uh, let's see. Terry said all 501c3 church denominations are really controlled by the Vatican. Well, there's 501c3 churches that have no idea about Jesuits. They have no idea about what they're doing or what, how they're organized or anything else. A lot of people are 501c3 by default. They don't even realize that, and most of them don't follow the rules anyway. Are they wrong for being organized like that? Absolutely. Do they need to repent of it and change it? Absolutely. But they're not working under the direction of the Jesuits. Most of them don't have a clue. I know a lot of these men, and I've been to their churches. They don't, they don't have a clue. Most of them don't know how they're organized. Most of them don't know how they're, they're operated. They've never learned it. They've never learned the issue before. They don't know anything. Most of it's ignorance. I can tell you that by working in the ministry and helping churches to organize outside of 501c3 since I've, I've done that since 2011. And they, most of them are very ignorant of it. They don't have a clue. That's not an excuse. I'm just telling you that's the truth. I know that by dealing with them. All right. Now, let's move on from Max Licato. And I'm sure I made somebody mad. It wasn't an attack on that person, though. It's the position. I have no hard feelings towards him. I have hard feelings towards the position. I'm going to state that very unequivocally. How about this next one here? This faith healer. Right? Coronavirus kills faith healer after Kenneth Copeland declared it wouldn't. Charismatic charlatan. Let's just go this way because I hate reading all the stupid garbage that's in there. Charismatic charlatan and Fox Faith healer Kenneth Copeland got a warning of God's wrath to come if he continues to blaspheme God and speak presumptuous false prophecies in his name. After one of his allies... Fellow faith healer dies of the coronavirus. Friday night, the family of Frederick Frederick Casey Price took to Twitter to announce the death of the 89-year-old prosperity gospel televangelist. 
right? That's what happened. Remember this? Flu season. We've got a duck season, a deer season, but we don't have a flu season. No. And don't receive it when somebody threatens you with everybody's getting the flu. We've already had our shot. He bore our sicknesses and carried our disease. How'd that work out for Frederick Price? How'd that work out? That's what we stand on. And by his stripes, we were healed. If you've already got the flu, I'm going to pray for you right now, Father. Wait, 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 wait a minute. How can you already have the flu if he bore our sickness and we weren't supposed to have the flu? Do you see how they double talk like a bunch of devils? Pray for every person that has symptoms of flu. I'm asking you, Lord, by your supernatural power to heal them now from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Flu, I bind you off. Oh, I love it. Flu, I bind you off of their feet. Flu, I bind you off of the people in the name of Jesus. Flu, I bind you off of the people in the name of Jesus. Jesus, him. Flu, I bind you. I bind you. Prior to Price's death, Copeland took to Facebook to presume and proclaim Price's victory over the coronavirus. What a man of God, he said. What a man of faith and power. I don't believe this disease can kill him. But of course, God showed him otherwise. And in the words of Jesus himself, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Early last year, Copeland made headlines as he took to his televised stage and demand to instruct God to send a heat wave. Does anybody remember that? Let me see if I can, I'll, I'll see if I can find that. Let's see. Uh, Oh, here it is. Remember this? We'll exercise judgment right now. Because we In have... the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, that was the cue. I got to get on. I got to, I got to, it's time, brother. Right there. Watch this. Judgment right now. Because we In have... the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. These guys are such stinking wicked devil actors, man. It is so absolutely wicked. Ugh. Standing in the office of the prophet of God, I execute judgment on you, COVID-19. I execute judgment on you, Satan, you destroyer. You. And what you gonna do, brother? Killer, you get out, you break your power, you get off this nation. I demand judgment on you. I demand, I demand, I demand a vaccination to come immediately. Wait a minute, what do you need that for? He demanded it. 
Oh, it came and it's done killing people like crazy. When he does that, when he was like, when he was like demanding, I, I just felt like the, I felt like the Hulk flex needed to come. You know, like the, the 24 inch Python flex needed to come in there with that as he was demanding it. Or like the ultimate warriors, uh, warrior run that like that needed to come in at that time I call you done I call you don't gone you come down from your place of authority destroyer you come down and you crawl on your belly like God commanded you when he put his foot on your head in the Garden of Eden. You will destroy. Um, I just want to help you out with something. There, was, there wasn't a cough in the Garden of Eden. There, there actually wasn't a cold walking around the Garden of Eden or a virus. He wasn't like walking around. Hey, look. There's a cold. Hey, you cold. Hey, you virus. That that wasn't actually there. So I don't know where he got that from, but the cold that virus wasn't in the Garden of Eden. It didn't like walk around and hang out and like party and like cause trouble and make people sick. It really didn't happen like that. I don't know. Right? That, I don't remember that happening, do you? Through COVID-19. No more! No more. No more. It no more. is finished. finished. It is over. Okay, so let me say something to you. Like, these guys, they, they're sorcerers, right? So they're, they're sorcerers. That's who they are. They're all they are is just like they're, they're like that guy's a wizard. To call something out like that and to call it ending and to call upon that they're wizards. That's what wizards do. Except sometimes wizards and sorcerers their mojo doesn't work. Their magic amulet doesn't work because it's devils that do that. And see, those devils don't help them sometimes. Because they make them look stupid. They make them look stupid for a reason. That's the point of it. And the United States of America is healed and well again. Saith the mighty. Hallelujah. Glory. Now, that was a year ago, and like they say, another 200,000 people died. So that his spell didn't work. Glory. Peace, who is also the Prince of War, the Lord Jesus Christ. When? When oppressive, mean, nasty people. When? 
attack his people. When mean, oppressive, nasty diseases attack his people, George, the Prince of Peace takes his place. And he becomes the mighty man of war. What a stinking nut job. Here you go, you ready? Hang on a second. Let me let me just set this up here for you. This is his second time. Now, this is important because, you know, Copeland already pronounced this thing dead, like it was gone. Right? He already pronounced it gone. That's That's what he did. So... <laughs> You know, he, he did pronounce it gone already, so. When a mighty, mighty strong, strong south wind, south wind heat, heat burn this thing, burn this thing. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Satan, you bow your knee. Satan, you bow your knee. You fall on your face. You fall on your face. COVID-19. COVID-19. Like, like it's a person. Like COVID-19 is a demon. Right? On you. On you. You are destroyed forever. You are you destroyed forever. And you will never be back. And you will never, never be back. Okay. So that's what he did, which, which still reminds me of this. Burn! Wind! Water! Heart! Go! Planet! By your powers combined, I am Captain Planet! Captain Planet! He's a hero! Okay, I don't want to play the rock song very long. But anyway, you get the point there. I didn't really want to play the rock part of it. But there you go. So it, it gives you the idea like that's what it always reminds me of. That right there. Ha has to. Reminds me of the exact same thing. Right? Same thing. Same exact thing. Isn't it? That's that's just what remember, so Copeland says that you know he's gonna be this guy was gonna be healed. My father, Almighty God, El Shaddai, God, the God who is Almighty, He's more than enough. He is the miracle working God. Today we speak to this atmosphere from the state of Washington to the state of Maine. Right? So anyway, what happened? He died. He died. That 
that televangelist died. That prosperity pimp died. That's what happened. And it proves, again, their false, their false doctrine. Right? Proves it. Proves their heresy. Copeland over and over again, along with the other, along with those other um, televangelists, those those prosperity pimps, preach and continue to preach false doctrines leading people to hell. Continue to. You know, God's merciful to those people. He gives them a lot of time to repent. He gives them a lot of time to turn from their sin. Now, here's another thing to keep a watch on. As far as apostasy goes, as we talk about this, David Cloud reports here that that Pensacola Christian College Right? Pensacola Christian College, which I believe to be liberal anyway, the college started a church. Well, first of all, if you're going to have a college, it's your church that should start the college. The only college I believe in is the local church training their men for the ministry. That's the only college I believe in that a church should be a part of. Now, I'm not against people getting into trades. In fact, my son, he wants to get, he wants to be a plumber. You know, he, he, he likes that idea. We have other, other young ones that want to get into the trades. And I believe young men ought to get into the trades. I think it's an excellent way to, to, uh, to earn a living and to take care of a family and to help support a local New Testament church. Right? So I think those things are important. Pensacola Christian College built has built a bridge to Mormonism via music in the name of art. The five Browns were featured at Pensacola's Fine Arts Program on February 12th and 13th. The siblings are highly talented young pianists who perform in a wide variety of music on pianos from classical, blues, jazz, and pop. The larger issue for a Christian school forum is the spiritual and doctrinal one. They were raised their entire lives in the Mormon faith and have stated they use their music tours as an opportunity to share their faith. When, contact, when contacted by the concern, a concerned father of a PCC student, Pensacola president replied, The purpose of fine arts is to provide an educational experience that encourages an appreciation of the arts. This is not church or worship service, but rather a wholesome culture event and activity. Now think about this right here. So here's a Christian college. Here's a Christian college, so to speak. 
And this Christian college You know, they're not even apologizing for having heretics in to sing for them. They're going with it and they're they're explaining it away as if it's nothing. Isn't it weird how you have that, that apostate church? So it's the same spirit. Do you see the same spirit? Same spirit. But as a former Pensacola student observed on this matter, they said this, it is impossible not to endorse a group when you are paying them to come and requiring all students to attend on pain of 25 demerits and encouraging the students to buy their CDs and look up their website. This was referenced tonight in the program, which also advertised a book written by the five Browns. This is creating a bridge for unaware students to mislead them into the Mormon faith. No Christian college has a liberty to disobey God's word for the sake of fine arts or anything else. All art is to be brought under the headship of Jesus Christ. We are to cast down everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. The Bible tells us, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? And what agreement at the temple of God with idols? You are the temple of the living God. And God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. And they, I will be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Through the influence of the five Browns, there is a real possibility that some within the Pensacola student body of their associates will be influenced by doctrines of devils. Mormonism teaches a false Christ. A false spirit. But these days, Mormon, Mormons are dupliciously speaking and acting more evangelical in order to infiltrate non-Mormon groups. And naive leaders at Pensacola are playing right into their hands. Since the 90s, there has been this evangelical and Mormons together movement. In 2004, the one in 2004 attended by 7,000 was called Evening of Friendship. The evangelicals participating in these events were Leith Anderson, president of the National Association of Evangelicals, Craig Williford, president of the Trinity International University, Richard Mao, president of Fuller, David Neff, Rabbi Zacharias, the pervert. Craig Bloomberg. See what what look at all the you see all these? By the way, you want to hear another apostasy? So anyway, let's back up here to the Mormon one first. First of all, here's a problem. You know that this PCC st- has a church campus. Has a it's called the Campus Church. The Campus Church is in subjection to the college. The college runs the church. The college is in authority over the church. Now, why Baptists think it's a good idea to send their kids to Pensacola, 
boggles the mind. I wouldn't send my dog there. I wouldn't. So, these guys are. So the church, you know the church pastor can't go censor the college, the college president for doing that? You know why? Because the church pastor has no authority. He just loses his job. The college runs the church. See the apostasy of that? And see the Baptists that have sent their people over there? A lot of Baptists send their their kids over to that school. Because it's more professional. It has the arts in it and all this other stuff. Well, first of all, I don't think you ought to send your daughters anywhere. I think they ought to stay home until they get a husband. I think their father ought to take care of them. I think that's Bible. So if you did that, then you would have daughters at home. I think the only reason for a young man to ever go to anything called a Christian college would be his own local New Testament church to train there, for the pastor to train them to send them out if they were called to preach. Other than that, they ought to go to college and get a and you know get a trade or whatever they're going to do, doctor, lawyer, whatever. But your daughters ought to stay home. You know why? You know, once we start sending all our boys off to college, then they sent the girls all off because there's no boys left. So then they just go to college to marry somebody. That's what they do. It's a faulty design. Has nothing to do with the scriptures at all. But men do it anyway. And then all the youth leave the churches. Don't support the local church. They go off and they go to different churches everywhere around the country. Is what happens. That's what they do. And that's not God's plan. They don't find that anywhere in the scriptures. They just, they raise their boys and their girls the exact same way. Well, the girls are old enough, they're just going to go get a job. Where do you find that in the scriptures? You don't. You don't. You don't find that in the scriptures. That's been made up. That's Americanism. That's feminism. That's liberalism. It's not Bible. It's not Bible at all. But they send their girls off to these schools.
That's if we were doing things according to the scriptures, then guess what? Girls and boys in that church would rise up. They would meet each other there at church. They would get married or in some other church. Of like faith. Right? But now we've taught feminism. We've taught these girls that they need to go get degrees at these colleges. Independent Baptists, fundamentalists, fundamental Christians have taught these things. Oh, go off and be whatever you want to be. Just go be the leader. Be you can be a leader and you can and you'll find a husband and then you'll have some quasi marriage that's split between the two. You know, God made me really sensitive in the beginning of my marriage about that very, very quickly. Early on, I was raised in fundamentalism. And when I first got saved, but I never wanted my wife to work outside of the home. And then we went to our sending church for a while. And before we had children, she did a little bit of teaching in the Christian school. But you know what? That was still wrong. She didn't need to do that. Not at all. But we fixed that and got that dealt with and got that right. You know, God fixed that and taught us. But you know something? I never wanted my wife to work for any other man, to do any. I, I never wanted her to. I was sensitive to all that in the beginning. I just, I didn't want her to have to do that. God made me sensitive. And now with the five daughters I have, I'm very sensitive of it. I, I'm, I'm extremely sensitive that they, that, that they don't do that. And that they're raised to be wives. And I know that's not really the deal with the Mormonism part thing here, but but it's just it goes to show you that most of these colleges, these Christian colleges, shouldn't even be in business. It's ridiculous. They shouldn't even be big million dollar businesses. And they shouldn't have got millions of dollars from the PPP loans. They shouldn't have got all those things. They shouldn't have got 350 to 1000 to 1 million dollars. Some of them got 2 million dollars. Like Hiles Anderson College got like 1 to 2 million or something like that. These other colleges and, and churches, they got all this money. Sending your daughters off to these places, what for what? Where do you find any Bible for that at all? And you have these evangelists that travel around, they're like, no. And these preachers and these colleges come into churches. They don't call me. Because if they do, they're not coming in here because I don't want them in here. And they say, you know, and a lot of pastors say, now I think every Christian, every young person ought to spend one year in Bible college. 
Preacher, could you show me like one Bible verse that would get that would teach me that? Pastor, could you show me one Bible verse that would lead me to believe that that's the direction of my life? That that's what God would have me to do? Do you know how many young men are mad right now? All these young men went off to Bible college, and you know what they did? They busted their tails, and they ate Campbell's soup or ramen noodles in a can, and had the worst food ever, and worked and got no sleep. They worked and got no sleep at all hardly, running bus routes and building that guy's ministry and building that church's ministry and calling and visitation and ministry after ministry after ministry after ministry. Then working a full-time job to pay for their schooling. And they get out of college and they leave it. And they're not called to preach. They're not called to the ministry. And guess what they do? What in the world did I spend four years at that college for and got nothing for it at all? I can't feed a family with that degree. I can't do anything with that degree. I suppose I can blow my nose with it. And the women, what'd they get out of it? Got away from their mom and dad, had some dorm mom and some other mom and some other this and some other that and all this other garbage. That's 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 man's philosophy. And this, my friends, is why Pastor Cooley has no friends. This is why. Because this is where the rubber meets the road doctrine. This is the one that makes them all upset. This is the one that that tears down their tiki gods, tears down their house, tears down their little temples. This is the one that makes them mad. And while I'm at it, let me say this. A lot of these people get mad, and I've had people tell me this, that it's their philosophy. I hate the whole philosophy behind it. Their their whole philosophy behind it. I, I can't stand it. And it's really the cause of the problems in America. If you want to look at it, it's one of the major causes. Our families are so weakened because we've stopped raising boys as to be men and girls to be ladies. We stopped raising men to be the providers and women to be the keepers at home. And it's destroyed our churches. It's destroyed our nation. It's destroyed everything. It's just tore down everything. It's just, it's tore it up. 
When I mean no friends, I mean pastors and and churches and those kind of like I don't have a lot of those at all. Period. And I'm and it's not because I think I'm better than them because I don't. I'm just very leery about most of them, to be honest with you. And I look, there's other God fearing holy men. They're way better men than me in many areas. I, I I'm not I'm not saying that. I'm just saying this is one of those doctrines that divides. This is one of those doctrines that I just I am not willing to bend on. I hate feminism so much and I hate what it's done and what it's taught and I hate men not being men so much. Peter, if I was in if I, if I was in uh, Pensacola with you, I'd go preaching with you out inside there, right? I would. I'd go preaching with you. Carl won't get a green card. They won't let him in America. He ain't getting no green card. They ain't letting him in. But. Anyway, I just I this is one of those things that bother the whole culture behind it because nobody's standing up to it. Even I love Brother Cloud. I love his his stuff. I've I use it weekly. I love his materials. They are great. Buy his materials. You know, buy it. Buy his uh, encyclopedia for like five to ten bucks on download. Get his way of life encyclopedia. It's awesome. You won't regret it. You'll appreciate it. You'll appreciate it. You really will. Well, here's the other one now. Here's another one on the rise uh, of 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 uh, apostasy. This album by homosexual activists, top Christians. On iTunes. The album Preacher's Kid by Grace Baldridge, a.k.a. Semler, an openly queer Christian artist, was number one on Apple iTunes. Christian chart recently and currently is number six. The album ex- uh, features explicit lyrics and taunts about anti-homosexual judgment. The opening track, Bethlehem, says, I'm a child of God just in case you forgot. You cast me out every single chance that you got. That's your loss, not mine. I'll be better than fine. Baldridge says the album is a project about coming out as a queer person of faith. I want to grab the number one spot on the iTunes Christian music chart and claim it for anyone who has been cast out in the name of God. I definitely struggle with a lot of doubt. I'm the person that stands up in communion going down the aisle and my head, I'll be like, this is a cult, right? This is a little weird. Whether or not you've been burned by purity culture or toxic masculinity that's been enforced by rigid church teachings or whether you're a member of the LGBT plus community and told you are not valuable. Whoever said, you know, it's funny. They always have this. They always have this. Right here. This 
Well, all these Christians supporting this number one album here. And now it's about them preaching their gospel to us. So now they're infiltrating what they would call Christianity. And they're preaching a false gospel, a false Jesus. Right? That's what they're doing. And now it's the most popular album on the Christian charts. We're number one right now. So what you have is you have that you have them preaching their Jesus and remember that sermon I preached a long time ago about the that filling the church of antichrist cuz that's what they're doing their false christ Max Licato these charismatics This, these homosexuals that are on the top of the Christian charts, all of these people are preaching their Jesus. And it's a different one. The God that they describe would not have fried Sodom. The God that they describe is Satan, the god of this world. And they are blinded by him. And they're blinded to accept sin. By the way, this lady said she had all these doubts. Her doubts... Her doubts aren't about about is she saved for sure, like a lot of Christians will have. Many of us have had those, you know, doubts about salvation at different times, different things you go through. Sometimes you have lack of assurance and things like that. That happens to all Christians at different times and different degrees. But her doubt is, man, this is weird. Is this a cult? You can't ignore us anymore. We're number one right now. Oh, I'm not going to ignore you. I'm going to preach against you. And yes, I am one of those toxic masculine men. I, I am one of those.
up with the patriarchy. Right? Jody said, question, I got into a heated debate over homosexuality with a friend. He said there are many saved that will struggle with it the rest of their lives. Depends on what you mean by struggle. Now, the, con- the, the conscience or the mind will be wounded by that. It will be, Satan will always prick them. You know, and and he'll always attack them. He'll always try to wound them. And they'll always be subject to made to feel, you know, those things or possibly could feel those things. Just like former people that were fornicators are always going to have that. But the question I have about the homosexual thing is, it's without natural affection. So God gives you that affection when you're saved. But Satan's going to he's going to make them think about it, I'm sure. Once you mar your mind with such wickedness, it's very difficult. There's things that that take place for the rest of your life. For instance, like if you were sexually active as a child, even if it was consensual and, you know, with other children or whatever the case may be, if you were, then those things are going to, like, affect you for the rest of your life. They're, because they're not natural. So they were unnatural things that occurred that this flesh doesn't let go of. As far as, like, wanting that life, I don't think so. Maybe despising it and it comes up in their minds and they hate it. Do you see what I mean? I, I think that may be marred with that and their minds dealing with that. It's kind of like somebody that murders somebody, right? Murdering is, is, is unnatural. It's not natural to murder somebody. So if they do, that PTSD or that the emotional trauma that comes with that, Satan will use that. Now, whether I, I have a hard time believing they're going to struggle with wanting that anymore. I believe the Lord weeds that out and takes that away from them. I don't know. I've never had that in my life like that. So, but you know, I think there's, I think there's scars that are there, Jody. There's, there's things that are there that they'll battle with and Satan will use it and he'll try to bring it up to, oh, remember you did this, but they'll hate it. The fornication and the things that I did before, I I hate those things now. I hate him. Satan will try to throw that stuff up to your mind, and I hate it. God will teach you to hate it. And you'll war against it. I'm not talking about you personally, but whatever it is. I mean, the people that you're talking about. They'll war against it. You'll learn to war against the things that you used to love. You know, so you got to condition the mind. You got to have the mind of Christ. You got to be around the right people. You know, all those things are 
affect those that that they affect the mind. But Satan takes people on a wild roller coaster ride. Uh, no, I don't believe that they're going to give into that sin. If that's what you're saying, they're not going to live into that in that sin and and give into it and 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 continue to be homosexuals. No. The Bible says they do not inherit eternal life. That's what God's word says about that. So, you know, I what I would question is whether they are children of God or not. Whether they've been truly converted. You know, whether they've been born again. Because if they have been, God gives victory over that. You know, God gives the victory. That's not like taking a drink of booze, okay? A little different than that. You know, a little little different than that. You're talking something that's without natural affection. Way against nature. And God makes you hate it. He, He makes you hate it. God makes you hate sin. And the sin that does, you know, and that it's just different than the sin that does so easily beset you, the normal things of life, you know, just real different, very different. So I believe there's a there's a, a big difference in that. You know, than than there is with those other things. You know, we have such apostasy going on, you know, in our world. We, we have such, it's just so bad. It, I mean, I would just really hate to see it. People that have to deal with these things, it's just unbelievable, um, the wickedness that goes on. Now, we're going to look at some other things here. While we're at it here, if you have any more questions, though, you can ask them. I'm going to look up some of these other articles here because there's some more apostasy to talk about. How about this one? Nashville Church says. Man, doesn't want to let me in. Nashville Church says the Bible is not the Word of God. A progressive Nashville church has drawn the ire of the internet after sharing a message on social media declaring the Bible isn't the Word of God, inerrant or infallible. Grace Point Church, led by Pastor Josh Scott. As progressive Christians, we're open to the tensions and inconsistencies in the Bible. We know that it can't live up to impossible modern standards. We strive to be to more clearly articulate what scripture is and isn't. Wow. Yes, Jody, 
uh, said, what about all other sins? Yep, all other sins are important. But when you look at it, God has a class of sins where God hates fornication. He hates homosexuality. He hates those things. And he has judgment on sexual sins. The Bible, the church said, isn't the word of God self-interpreting a science book and an answer rule book inerrant or infallible? Rather, it's a product of community, a library, a text, a multivocal human response to God, living and dynamic. Wow. So there's no authority to scripture is what he's saying. See what I mean? Do you understand do you understand why I why, why we do this? Why I cover these apostasies and this all this stuff? I think we definitely have a tendency to treat the Bible almost as an idol. Wow. See if I can find the verse I'm looking for. Uh, let's see. I'm having a hard time finding that verse. Let me see here. Does anybody remember which verse talks about the Bible being exalted above God's name? I cannot find it. Hmm. Let's see. Give me a second. That's it. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name. Psalm 138.2. Thank you, Brother Alexander. Thank you, Alex. Brother Alex, thank you. Alex! Alex! Alex!
I will worship toward, I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Okay. So. What we have here is we have God saying that his word is exalted above his name. So they accuse us, oh, you worship a book. You can't separate Jesus from the word. He is the word. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Look at this. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. Look. What? Which we have heard. We've heard it preached to us. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Which we have seen with our eyes. which we have looked upon, we've looked upon it, and our hands have handled. My hand is handling it right now of the word of life. You can't separate the two. You can't. You and I can't separate our our Christ from this book because Christ is the word. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. I could say that with John. I know John saw Jesus Christ in the flesh, but I've seen Jesus Christ in the word. I could say this along with John. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you. That ye also may have fellowship with us. If there are any sort of conversations that are off limits in the Christian tradition, then it probably just means we are afraid of them. We're probably afraid to engage them because we're afraid of being labeled heretics. We're afraid of people saying hateful things. No, you know, I'm not afraid of you saying hateful things to me, you little fruit. I, I'm not afraid of you doing that. Because I am a man, and I, and I know you're going to do that. What we don't appreciate is your devilish forked tongue. 
your wicked, vile, antichrist tongue. Your progressive, LGBTQ, false Bible, false gospel, false preaching, false prophet. And you are a heretic. Plain and simple. And he's not your brother in Christ. This is not your brother, and this is worse than a lost person. This is a wolf. How does God say to treat the wolves? Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth forth not not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of, God, of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. What does God say there? He says, my children do my will. You want assurance of your faith? You want to grow in the Lord? Do you want to, do you want to be stronger in your faith? Then believe what Jesus said, because Jesus just said, there's a lot of people that say, Lord, Lord. But it's my children that follow my word. They do it the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Above all their doubts, above all their fears, above all their trials, above all their tribulations, they obey me. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. He says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. So, what is Jesus saying? He's saying, be a doer of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. He's saying God's people are doers. They're not just hearers. This man is trying to talk you out of your Bible. Jesus said, they're wolves. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men. Paul warned the same thing. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, 
Look, I've had him here in this church. By the grace of God, I took the shepherd's rod out and I swatted them and they're gone. Because I'm not a hireling. I'm a shepherd. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. They're wolves, right? See that that pastor right there that calls himself a he's a pastor. He's a shepherd. He's the idle shepherd. That's who he is. John chapter 10. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall, be, shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not before to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. That's Jesus Christ. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hiring fleeth because he is a hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. See, the hirelings flee. They run away from the flock and allow the flock to be devoured. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd and and I know my sheep. And have known of mine, as the Father knoweth me, even so now I the even so know I the Father, and lay down my life for the sheep, and other sheep I have I, I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. I must bring, Jesus must bring them. Amen. That's how we're saved. And they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. See the the hireling, he runs. But the wolves come into the flock. And these guys are wolves. Right? Holy buckets, it's one o'clock. I'm done. These guys are wolves. And they're there. And it's real. And they really come in the guise of that idle shepherd. Right? And they really come to destroy. All right. Maybe you want to say hi. Maybe you want to talk. Maybe you're mad at me. Maybe you want to talk about the broadcast. Maybe you have a question or something. I'll give you a few minutes, and then I'm getting out of here. I got to get out of here. I got to get some work done. Let's see here. Let's see what kind of music I want to play here now. I know a good one. I know what I want to play.
Let's see. Here we go. I'll get something on here. Let's see. I like this song here. Anywhere we forward in the King's Highway To the prize before us nearer every day Learning more of Jesus and His holy will Never turning backward, never standing still Anywhere we forward, forward is the word And you're not the captain's orders heard Lead us, Heavenly Father, lead us on we pray Anywhere we forward in the King's Highway Okay, so somebody asked the question, Pastor, what do you think about the Amish? I think that they, I know that they preach a work salvation. They're involved with some witchcraft. They have, uh, they have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. Um, their teachings are more aligned with, you know, um, the holiness movement, work salvation, those kind of things. So very dangerous group, very dangerous group of people and very deceptive. And there's a lot of sin that's covered up, and their their pastors or their priests or whatever those guys are that run their parishes or whatever, those people are in a lot of control. They hold a lot of control over the people, and it's ungodly control. It's not leading. It's controlling and covering sin, and they have no accountability. So it's a wicked movement, really, and it's not based on the gospel. They They, they look like they're all great and everything because of their standards, but really they're not. Anywhere we forward, let the moments bring avenues of service for our blessed King. Work for Him is precious, toiling in His might, for His yoke is easy and His burden light. Anywhere we forward, forward is the word.
the king's highway, anywhere forward, in the king's highway. Amen. Anywhere if forward, right? Forward is the word. Always progressing forward in the faith, always moving on, right? Never, never standing still when it comes to the work of the Lord in that in that case. We are moving, always moving and forward uh, for the Lord. And that's important. God wants us to be doing that. God wants us to be productive in our Christian life. You know, we can't we can't get stuck in the past uh, with those things. We've got to keep pressing on. Oh, I'm so happy in the Lord, ere since he saved my soul. I'll shout it from the mountaintops, Christ Jesus made me whole. Rejoicing, singing, praises always daily takes us home. That when we die, the heavenly gate here more. So each day here we'll walk with him in liberty and hope. <laughs> Carl can get that high. I really do. Um, okay, Danielle asked a question. My niece believes that the Bible is written by men and not by God. What can I say to her? Well, you can take her through the scriptures and show her what the Bible says, that holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost and show how God brought the word about. And that the Bible has stood the test of time and, and many of those other things. I would encourage you to go to David's, David Cloud's website and look up some of those things on his database about the Word of God and, and kind of strengthen yourself around that. But you can take the Bible and you can show them. You know? Um, 
and and you can show her uh, what that God's word claims to be from God. And you can show her by the way the word of God was written that men don't record their own mistakes and and show the authenticity of the scriptures in those ways that that it's very true and it's never been proven wrong. So there's a lot of things. That's that's a big question to ask, but it's it's something that you could look into and you could busy your yourself up with studying that out. I would encourage you. To, David Cloud wrote a book about the um how we got our Bible and, and something of that nature and, and and some of those articles are on there and how he talks about 1600 you know, over the course of 1600 years and men that came together and, and, uh, and the same message and how, how all those authors came together in that sense and, and gathered the books and how, and all of those things. So I would look at that and start there, but there's definitely some wonderful resources on the King James Bible that you can get from David Cloud. And, you know, you can get those answers that you would like from there. And that would be a good way to get started. I would say. We praise thee, O God, for the Son of thy love, for Jesus who died and is now gone above. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me, Spirit of the Okay, so right here, if you go to wayoflife.org, the Bible version question answer database. So there is 423 pages. It's a free download that you can download, um, and you can get your an- uh, a lot of answers there. Okay, so there's probably a lot of answers that 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 you can get from that. Uh, let's see the Bible through the centuries, Rome and the Bible or the Bible through the centuries. It'll talk, that'll give you some information there too. So you got to You got to study. You got to look into it. Okay. And you got to do some work. I can't give you all the answers like that. You'll have to get into it and, oh, here, here, the Bible's proof. This is the one right here. 
This one, the Bible's proof. All right. Um, the Bible's unique construction, the character. This is the one that you need, Danielle, right here. That'll answer that. I would encourage you to download those others for a database so you can study yourself. But here is the here is the answer. And by the way, um, don't be shy about sending Brother Cloud an offering to be a blessing to him. Uh, he he starts churches over there, pastors churches, and uh, over there, pastors uh, is a part of the uh, an evangelist planting churches over there, and produces all these materials. And buy his books or send him an offering, be a blessing to him. He gives a lot of free stuff away. I mean. Thousands upon thousands of dollars worth of things for free. So, um, I would I would uh, definitely consider you know being a blessing, but I would definitely buy his materials. Okay, he gives a lot away for free, but some of the things that you can pay for. Okay, so um, wouldn't be a bad idea to do that. All right, to be a blessing to somebody like that. All right, amen. Now, if you want to support our ministry, which many many of you have, and I am very grateful for that. If you go here to our sermon audio page, you click on the give button here. You can click on PayPal and you can send it to salvationpreacher at gmail.com or you can send it to pastorcooley at icloud.com. We do also do pop money, which I just found out about. Um, So there is that if you want to donate through that. Or you can mail us a check, if you'd like, down here. Okay? You can mail us something down there. Somebody asked me about that Zelle thing, and and I think my bank might do that, but I just don't know yet. I haven't looked into it at all. But anyway, thank you for all that have given and been a blessing to us and our family. And... um, Thank you for uh, praying for us. Continue to pray for my wife and the baby as they all heal up and as she heals up. And she's got some therapy and some other things that she'll have to do. Uh, and you pray for her that the Lord would bless that. Pray that the insurance or the Christian Healthcare Ministries covers everything, uh, the ambulance and all that other stuff. It was like an extra $10,000 for all that stuff. Um, and that was with the discount. Um, so just pray the Lord would provide our, you know, provide that and that they would take care of all that. Cause we don't have typical insurance. I can't afford it. We use a, um, you know, um, we use a different, uh, we use that Christian healthcare ministries, by the way, if you ever sign up for Christian healthcare ministries, if you're looking for an alternative to insurance, put my name down. Cause if you're there for like three months on Christian Healthcare Ministries, instead of your like normal insurance, then they give me a free month, and that's a way to be a blessing to somebody else. That's a way to be a blessing to me, also. Um, all right, so you know if you sign up for Christian Healthcare Ministries, uh, you can, uh, which is right here. Let me show you this. I don't work for them or anything like that, but I do use. Um, I think it's chm.com. Let me see. Well, let me see. Might as well tell you about it because if you're going to use it, you could always be a blessing. Uh, let's see. 
Here it is. This right here. So if you ever sign up for this, you know, get my information and use my, you know, you can get my information if you're going to sign up for it. Um, You know, uh, you can sign up for it, and they've paid a lot of bills for many people in our church use this as an alternative to health insurance, um, and it's it works. So, And it's past all the Obamacare stuff and all that kind of stuff, so you don't have to worry about that. But anyway, I thought I'd let you know about it, because in case you're ever going to sign up for one of those, sign up for this one, and then you can be a blessing to us too, all right? Uh, might as well, right? Might as well use it. Uh, while we can. And it's an alternative to insurance. It works a lot better, by the way, uh, in that sense. Anyway, God bless you all. Have a good weekend. I appreciate your prayers. And maybe we'll have a truck talk. I did that one there on Rush Limbaugh. And maybe we'll have another one. And I know I'm being like shadow banned big time because my stuff's not pulling anything. And I know the stuff I talk about. Uh, what about pre-existing conditions? Uh, go to the CHM website and look into it, uh, Brother Peter. I'm not sure uh, what they do about all that, but but check into it for sure. All right. I know I don't get notified. It's just or nobody gets notified about it. It's just ridiculous. But anyway. Nothing we can do about it, uh, but just keep on plugging away at it and see what the Lord does. If I get kicked off, always remember, if you if I get kicked off, always remember that you can find me on Sermon Audio. I'll be, I'll be broadcasting live there. Same times that I do on YouTube. So, are you against COVID vaccines? Yeah, I would say I am. I'm against COVID vaccines because I don't trust them. I don't trust them. I'm not telling you what to do, but I don't trust them at all. So, Peter, a lot of diabetes can be healed through... um, through uh, eating a keto diet. So I'd look into that because keto, a keto diet fixes a lot of diabetes issues. I'm not a doctor, so you got to look into it and you got to contact a doctor and all that kind of stuff, but you should look into it. The keto diet works good for diabetics. It's very good for them. So, um, you know, possibly it might help you. Oh, pancreatitis too. Pancreatitis. Yeah, that's a dangerous one too. Because then it involves uh, all that. Do you have a Do you have a gallbladder? Did you get that taken out? So anyway, but all right, everybody. God bless you. Take care. I got to get out of here. I got to get some work done. But uh, it's been it's been a blessing.